to another episode of the Good Newscast. Uh, as always, we are grateful to have you listening. Hope these, this podcast, these episodes are encouraging and helpful to you. Um, today, we are going to talk about um, s- the past two years uh, and some of the cultural chaos that has gone on around us and particularly our church. We're going to kind of talk from leadership pastors perspective of of some of the cultural chaos, some of some um, what we kind of call like cataclysmic events and things that have happened in the past two years that our church has gone through. Why are we doing it? Um, because we've got a perspective on these things from as pastors and leaders at the church um, that can sometimes be different than the perspective of a member at the church. So I wanted to do this because I think it'd be helpful, especially for our people at Redeemer. If that's you here uh, at Redeemer, I think it'll be helpful to kind of um, maybe grow perspective on everything that's gone on in the past couple of years, how it's affected the church, how the church has kind of waded through the waters of some of these big cataclysmic events, um, what we've learned from it, uh, what I think church members can learn from it. Um, so I think it'll be helpful for our people. I think even if you're, you don't go to our church, um, I think it'll be helpful to, to get kind of some of this perspective, um, to see, um, well, to maybe see what, how to be a healthy member at a church. I don't know exactly how to say it, but I think it'll be helpful. I think the, yeah, I think this has been the experience pretty much universally in the church. That's true. Yeah. So it should be helpful just given a different angle, different lens. So, uh, we are coming out of, I I don't even know if coming out of is the right word, but we have two years behind us of some pretty cataclysmic, uh, events, things, movements, some are ongoing, some are, the door's kind of been closed on, um, that I have said and talked with Jeff about, um, that any one of them, in my opinion, are church splitting events can split a church right in in half and create two new churches or whatever. And on top of that, I would say any one of them is like maybe a church could go a generation in existence and only only experience one of them, if that. We uh, at Redeemer and probably, you know, given what I'm thinking of, probably a lot of churches for sure, a lot of churches have gone through two of these cataclysmic events yeah. in the past couple of years. Um, so the three things I'm talking about, and then I'll throw it to Jeff, and we can start maybe talking about them. Yeah. Uh, in 2019, maybe 18, not, not sure, but 2019 for sure, um, our uh, incredible uh, worship leader who is an elder here at our church, who is now legendary Hall of Fame kind of guy, Um <laughs> moved uh moved out of state uh, just a job thing um and so that put us on the search for a n- new music leader and during that time we had determined and were determining to also change the style of our music in the process and that was the that was the cataclysmic event changing th- the sound of music uh at a church is a really big deal right so that's 2019 2020 um, you've got, uh, COVID, uh, hits and, uh, and dealing with that. And then, uh, a once in a generation, event. I mean, 
Once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. Gee. Once in a couple lifetimes. Couple lifetimes. Yeah. So you're talking, yeah. yeah. Two, um, three, four. Uh, and then I think it was May of 2020, George Floyd dies. And yeah. one author I was just reading recently um, called his death. And I, I can't remember the word. I need to go back and look. But but kind of the the epicenter, this kind of, uh, it's certainly not the beginning. Racial tensions and the whole conversation about race and all these things have been, have been really brewing for about the past 10 years. Inside, outside the church. But George Floyd's death. Um, murder was uh, really like, yeah. I don't know, the match was sh- yeah. struck, lit, yep. the, the bomb went off for this historic, truly historic. Another generational, racial movement. multi-generational yeah. event. One author I was reading said it's, it's the data is showing that this racial movement is bigger in size and I think impact than even what was going on in like the 50s and 60s so mm-hmm. so once in a lifetime right so all of that the reason i say that those are the three things and and all of that has been in the past two two and a half years yeah okay huge deal wild you know it's not just covid that would be enough it's not just the racial movement it's not just changing music it's all of those things for us let me throw it to you. Let's start with music since that's the first on the timeline. Sure. What, um, what did we kind of learn in terms of like difficulties, challenges that changing music brought our way? Can I go just a general? Yeah, you can do whatever quick. you want. All right. So a little bit general here. <clears throat> One of the things that we've talked about here, we talk about all the time as leaders and um. And even just our, our church base broadly, that there's a fist that can hit your cup. Um, you can have a cup of water and a fist hits it and you ask, why is there water on the ground? And most of us say, because you hit the cup. And then the, the real answer, that's one answer, but the real answer is because there's water in the cup and all the fist did, all your hitting did was reveal what's already there. And I think that when you have these three major events take place that what they've done to the church, well, let's just say to Redeemer, but uh, the other two, what they've done to the church universal. I mean, pastors are leaving it at record numbers right now. Um, The reshuffling of the deck of people leaving churches and going to different churches and, and watching different churches and then not going back to their churches. The deck is shuffling like it has rarely shuffled in uh, church history. Mm -hmm. So why is that? Well, uh, we even said this at the beginning, um, COVID, the racial tensions are a major fist hitting the cup, hitting the heart of the church, hitting all of us individually. And it's kind of revealing what's there and revealing what's not there, right? For all of us. And so I think that's a really good image of what circumstances when you have these epic things that happen every two to three generations or, you know, lifetimes, uh, those are major things that come at us and then shake us up. And uh, I think it's important uh, for Christians to be more self-reflective and say, what's coming outside of me? You know, what's spilling out of my heart? What's spilling out of me from COVID? what's spilling out of me from the racial tensions or the political realities and ideological wars and culture wars that are going on now. Um, and then now we're down to the, to the question of like music, what's coming out of me in music. And I think what we're, 
what I've seen in, uh, from the perspective of leadership, you know, if you had a pie <clears throat> and you're trying to um, connect and be intelligible uh, uh, with people, with the musical sound of Waco, um, I know what Redeemer has struggled in the past is that that pie might have been like a 3%. We might have had a sound that was connecting with 3% mm-hmm. of the average normal Wacoan. And so we were making that change to try to connect and be intelligible in the musical sound to a greater percentage than just the 3% or whatever it is. I don't know. And so that's a major change. And so, um, that dynamic, what it ended up uh, revealing um, from a leadership perspective that really music and a music sound, a lot of it, most of it, it comes down to preference. And so um, you can have a, a, a 3% preference or a 50% preference, um, but in making the decisions like music for, a, for the leaders, it's about connecting uh, and being a part of the gospel, connecting with more people. And so that's what we've seen. I, I, it seems like uh, preferences are a big deal for most of us, Yeah. right? So, and how to um, navigate your preferences is, a, is an interesting and complex uh, dynamic. Yeah, I would agree that with, with music... Um the biggest thing has been, you know, when we talk about music a lot as a church and our, like, how do we think through trying to, there's so many styles we could play. There's so many different volumes we could set it at. Yeah. Um, the filtering mission is what would connect to the average person out there. Um, yeah. What would be a sound that they the average person hears and they don't go like, whoa, what, what in the that? world, you know, in a, like a negative way. Right. Um, what would be that sound? We're, we're ne- necessarily, our bar is not set at cut albums, you know, like cut singles on Spotify. Um, but what would just connect to the average person yeah. that, you know, that in general, the vast majority of our people would say like, yeah, the, you know, the, the style that we play, it's not necessarily my favorite, but it's not crazy. It's not like otherworldly, you know? Right. Um, like, okay, that, that'd be fine. Or someone's like, dude, it's the best sound I've ever heard. You know, like, um, that's anyway, I say that to say that that's very much our heartbeat behind our sound is, you know, how to connect with the average person. Um, I think that in, in, in that, in that not everybody is going to like it. Right. Yeah. And even before we were talking about this, we've had people leave certainly i mean i'm just saying this as like in theory right certainly people have left because we changed our music sound and they hated it i am confident we have people who go to redeemer now who hate the style of music we've picked right so zero chance everyone is pleased um but uh there is that that's where the whole question comes in is okay is this a music preference for me um that's not being met but there's a bigger mission there's a bigger uniting reality 
that is winning out over that? Or is my music preference the top dog and it's not being met and so I got to find a new church? Yeah, so for us, um, the decision uh, of thinking about musical form and musical sound is what is uh, connecting and building a bridge and being intelligible to the majority or the normal ordinary Wakuan so that they, we gain a hearing for the gospel, can sing the gospel. Um, and so, yeah, that governs what we did and why we did. And um, yeah, and, and that's, we'll always do that. It's normal for church history. I was just reading that I think in the early centuries, um, the, in the early church, maybe it was like three or four hundreds, I can't remember. Um, and I think it revolved around the doctrine of the Trinity. I was just reading this, that uh, some promoting a false doctrine about the Trinity, the way they were promoting their theology was they were writing these really catchy songs to reach mm-hmm. the masses. So, uh, and then the church with its orthodox understanding of the Trinity, they didn't go, oh, look how they're using music in such a horrible way. We're just not going to do music at all because music is bad. No, they said, oh, we're going to do the same thing. And so they would write all these songs to try to promote Trinitarian theology. And, um, and I think that sometimes they, they, there was a story where they would stand on opposite sides of this river and they would just sing their songs That's at each hilarious. other. Isn't that wild? Yeah. yeah. And then you get to the Reformation. I think it was during the Reformation that they would take bar tunes yeah. um, and then just swap out the lyrics and well, make them worship songs. So yeah. the reason I'm saying that is... It was already intelligible. Yeah, it was already intelligible to it's the average person. It's already connecting to the average person. It's, it's now a tradition for us, right? But at the time, it was yeah. a modern sound. At the time, it was a modern sound, right? Yeah. And a lot of times, I think we make a big mistake and say, I want to sing this song exactly how it sounded in, in the 1600s, 15, yeah. 1500s. And we go, well, wait a minute. They weren't trying to do, they weren't saying, let's sing like it sounded in the 800s. No. They were saying, let's sing a super modern sound yeah. to connect to the average person. The reason I bring up that church history is to say, we're not, our mission with music is not some weird church history outlier. Right. It's, <laughs> we were, I feel like we were doing the same thing that they've been doing for thousands of years, which yeah. is like, let's just sing modern connecting s- sounds, tunes. Right. Uh, and obviously we're going to sing to Jesus about theology that it may be unintelligible, mm-hmm. you know, right now, but yeah, you know, we're going to teach and preach and yeah, it's good. So that's music, music cataclysmic thing, as you know, can split churches in two. Then we hit, uh, so Redeemer hits, um, COVID. So essentially we're going through this. I don't remember the timeline exactly, but we're in the middle of this music stuff and then COVID hits, uh, everyone knows the impact of COVID, which is, you know, uh, pastors go from like being the opposite of medical experts to some people demanding that they know, you know, when and where to, when and how to wear a mask and how far we should stand apart. And, you know, right. Right. And then you've got, you've got the whole spectrum of like, how dare you require a mask? Yeah. And like, um, how dare you not require a mask? Yeah. And, um, yeah, we kind of ran just so, you know, if you don't go to redeemer, we, we kind of ran the, I don't even want to call it middle ground. We just kind of, 
we tried to listen to what was going on, the experts. We tried to uh, try to be reasonable, I think, you know? Yeah. The problem is some people probably thought we were really stupid, you right. know? And then other people thought we were, like, far too reasonable. And then it just didn't get any more helpful when things started getting even political. The practices started getting yeah. more political yeah. and more uh, polarizing and and ideological. And then uh, science started not being as reliable and uh, the way in which people had relied on education and institutions and thoughts in the past all of a sudden started being more um, narratival mm -hmm. <laughs> and more uh, certain ideological pieces. And so then, you know, it just got, it gets real dicey then on how you wade those waters. Mm -hmm. And so what do you do as a leader? Well, as a leader, you, um, you try to pursue what's wise. And I think it's, it's important to, to recognize, and this is kind of the lesson even from music is a musical sound. It's recognizing. So for a, a musical sound, when you're talking about music, you're talking about the lyrics, right? The lyrics must be biblical, right? That's mm -hmm. and gospel centered. So that's a, that's a non-negotiable. So that's a fixed thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but a sound is a flexible thing. There's no, divinized sound in the Bible. Mm -hmm. God doesn't give us a divinized sound. I mean, you go read the Bible, it says make a joyful noise. So that seemed to be loud music. Um, so you can do everything from loud to silent, to fast, to slow, to crawling, to racing. Uh, it, it seems that the scriptures are clear about it being intelligent and being connecting mm -hmm. and more of a creational dynamic than a um, revelatory divinized dynamic. Mm -hmm. Well, so then you take that into the, into COVID yeah. and it's like, okay, so what are the, uh, fixed, um, revelatory truths from God that we hang on to? And what are the flexible creational wise things that we can do and learn from? And, and even understanding those two realms is really, really helpful. The realm of redemption in the church and the realm of creation. Um, what tools do each of them give? One's fixed, one's a little more flexible and discovery oriented and cultural and wise, right? And uh, so I think COVID certainly fell into that category and your response to it and... Um, and how it changed so quickly mm -hmm. and you had to be really be on your toes. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Got to the point where it was like weekly. Yeah. That was another frustrating part of it too. Like I know our leadership was not, we weren't trying to, I, I just, I know the conversations of going like, we just are trying to be reasonable yeah. and helpful and like wise and, and don't really have a, um, uh, a stake in the game in terms of like, we're not trying to like make a statement either way. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, some people really want to make a statement about vaccines or masks. And like, we weren't trying to, we were just trying to kind of be wise and like do church, right? Like I got into ministry to do ministry and preach the gospel, not to, um, go to med school, have a legacy about, yeah, yeah. Like how to deal with a pandemic. You know what yeah. I mean? So we're like, Hey, we just want to, try to keep getting the gospel out. We want to try to keep worshiping together. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but then to make that even more difficult, there did get to a point where it was like weekly, you yeah. know, we go through these waves of like, oh, church is back. That's why I, when I started the podcast, when I was saying something about like coming out of, it's like, well, we're still in COVID. I mean, it's like we would, oh, church is back. And then all of a sudden it's like not back and oh, it's back. But I think there was one Sunday we showed up and we almost canceled the service. Like we were like, well, there's only three people here. So, you know, it's just, and, and we didn't know. It was like 150 people could show up this morning and then three. And yeah. it was just like, what, in the, you know, yeah, extremely difficult. Right. Um, and again, even the same thing with the music where all of a sudden the water of, in my opinion, preferences start spilling out of the cup, you know, yeah. and people just start putting these hard stakes in the ground on how your church should be dealing with it, what you should be doing. You should mask less. You should mask more. You should give out vaccines during communion. You should not do that, et cetera, you know? And, uh, and then you just start to see these dividing lines form and things get so tense, you know, with that being said, there are people in our church who I know had really reasonable convictions, um, that, that we, that kind of ran against the grain of what we were doing, but they were incredibly respectful, gracious, hung in there with us, even though like, I know they disagreed. Right. Right. Because they had a uniting mission with us that was bigger than, you know, maybe a disagreement about how to handle this or that. Yeah. And that seems to be the, um, I think what we're, we're kind of pushing towards in, in the two, two major events that we've even talked through right now, if we were to do a timeout. So what do you do? I mean, what is it? Like, what is the unity? What is the mission of the church? Uh, what is the vision? What is the C.S. Lewis? What you two? What is everybody looking at? And if it's not the same thing, uh, you can easily see how the church will splinter in all kinds of things. Yeah. So if you, yeah. if the church is not looking at the same thing, what you two doesn't have the same vision, the same mission about whatever God says that vision and that mission is. If it's not that, then musical preferences will not hold the church together. Uh, musical preferences will splinter according to preferences. Right. Uh, COVID will not hold the church together. It will splinter on its preferences and its ideologies. And, and I mean, endless, right? Yeah. It's political commitments. Um, it's educational uh, ideas. It's institutional uh, loyalties or whatever. It'll just splinter. And so for us, and we made no apologies and it's not something that's new to redeemer since the moment this church actually became an idea in dallas and then became planted in 1998 and then is where it is today it's been about the gospel and that what unifies and what energizes what connects us to god connects us to each other connects us to the mission in waco is the gospel and when that's the case, then your preferences take their rightful place mm -hmm. as preferences. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what actually unifies us and actually connects us to each other, mm -hmm. connects us to mission, connects us to God. So through this all, if I was to even talk to other pastors out there that are struggling because I know they are. I mean, if all the signs and the journals now that are being written, the articles that are now coming out about 
pastors that are struggling, leaving the ministry, churches that are struggling, wondering what's happened and who's here and just can't get a finger on it. Um, I would say uh, hang in there with the mission being your being the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, know that um, what what unifies a church, what unifies leaders, what unifies and is the power of God for salvation is the gospel alone. Uh, not even your form of church government and not even your uh, form of worship and your musical preferences. But that is that is of utmost, single most, only most mm-hmm. importance. And then everything finds its rightful place and it actually finds its rightful place in our own lives and our own relationships and the way we do church Mm -hmm. so that we could disagree on things. We can debate vigorously on things. We can interact and, and still be united and still be friends and still lay aside the lesser of our preferences and still even learn to love each other in our different preferences. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, so the 80 year old says, you know what? I'm going to love the teenager Mm -hmm. and sing their songs. Right what connects to them. And the teenager is going to love the 80-year-old and is going to sing their songs, right? And I think that that law of love actually is the fruit of the gospel, right? Um, And that's where we need to be heading. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing that, well, and I'll even add to this too. Um, And we don't even necessarily need to unpack anything on the race stuff, but except for to acknowledge it, that along with music, along with COVID, you've got this historic racial movement that is just unbelievably dividing in every, in every corner of culture. Okay. And it's, it's, it's no less in the church. Um, uh, in terms of uh, opinions on it, in terms of churches seemingly changing their whole mission and message from whatever it might have been now to race or justice or whatever it might be. Um, so th- we don't even need to get into all that, but that's that's the third big thing uh, that we've lived through in a very short amount of time um, and still are living through. I mean, we're still in that movement. We're still in COVID. Um Music for us is a bit in the past. We the train has left the station. We're going where we're going. Yeah, yeah. But even that is still an ongoing thing. Um, and what I was going to say was uh, one thing that what the gospel does when when a church is united around, you know, I go to this church for these core top reasons to hear the Bible preached and in particular to hear Christ preach from all the scriptures. Okay. That's big. This church has solid theology. Um, you know, I, 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 I know that. I'm in agreement with that. Um, whatever it might be. Uh, when my preferences are violated, because they're going to be, they're going to paint the church a color I disagree with. They're going to do things during COVID I disagree with. They're going to do things with music I disagree with. That's inevitable. That's life. What centered being centered on Christ does and in, in a commitment to grace, I think for members um, says it, it pushes you to make potentially leaving a longer journey. Um, and and just to even be transparent for like for me, if I was just a member at a church right now with COVID, trying to be really transparent and you know, um, I think like right now, I think let's fast forward two or three years. I think if I was at a church right. and 
well, I'll say it like this. I, I have some friends talking to me about their church and how they're still like 100% masks. They said if you don't wear a mask, like they probably wouldn't say anything. But they were like, we, you know, everyone 100% wears masks. That's not our reality at Redeemer. Um, Are they social distancing to six mm, feet? I don't or? think they're okay. doing that. But just you have to wear a mask. Yeah, you got to wear a mask. Okay. Okay, listen, whatever. Right. But I know for me, as someone who... Uh, was never big on the mask thing. Um, I know for me, I would be really struggling if that was my church. Preference-wise. Like, yeah, yeah. If I was going there, if I was going there, and this is a church like I've put in some roots, maybe I've been there for a couple years or a lot longer. Connected with people. I've connected with people. I've got relationships. I meet yep. with my pastor, right? All these things. Right. And then COVID hits, this unexpected once-in-lifetimes thing. And, and, two, three, four years, let's say, we're still masking. I know for me, I know this. There could get to a point where I go, hey, like, I was talking to you about this before we hit record. This has become otherworldly to me. I can't, you know, I can't make sense of this to my kids. I've got little five-year-olds and they're they're extremely confused every time they come to church, you know, because out here and most of life it's one thing and then we come here and and i'm it's starting to get to the point where it's it's really pushing me to the edge this is what i know i would not do i would not decide to leave and then email my pastor or call him or get coffee and say hey we're leaving we've left because of x y and z my commitment to bigger priorities in the church would push me to have a meeting with you, Jeff, you know, and talk through and go, Hey, I just want to be honest. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Help me understand. Help me understand. What is the thinking? What are the elders saying? What are the deacons doing? Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? Um, you know, okay. All right. I've heard you out. And now of course I'm going to naturally be processing, processing, processing. Yeah. Maybe months go by. Maybe it's another conversation. Hey, it's 2067. Could we maybe stop masking, you know? Uh, <laughs> like, um, the point being is is it would push me, it would be a long, it would be harder. Yeah. Because I do want to honor the fact that, yes, there can be a time where certain preferences may be compound. Right. And it does become otherworldly to someone. And they're like, Dude. You're still saying the mission of the church is the gospel, right? We're still saying. Yes. All that's set. Yeah, so all of that is, is set. So this is just strictly a preference thing. Given the mission, given that we're all looking at the yeah. same thing, yada yada. Okay. But it's like I can I can respect someone that's like, man, you know, we made a shift away from modern music, and now we only use the organ. And um, you know, we're three years removed from COVID, and like I have to wear a mask, and you're making me put a mask on my three year old, and uh, you know. Ah, as we know, because we've had coffee, we have insane disagreements about the state of, of race and racial stuff in the country. And and that comes out in your sermons a whole lot. And, and I really disagree, right? There could be this compounding point where yeah. the leaders of the church and you go, hey, you know what? I think you're going to be a lot better off and a lot healthier at a different church. Yeah. I just want to say that to say, we're not saying that preferences don't matter. Yeah. But what we are saying is, um, at least at a minimum, it's like, it always pains my heart to get an email or a phone call that's like, we've left yeah. because um, because of y'all's stance on, and I'm just on on masks. 
right? right? It's not my stance, so I'm gone. And I go, man, like. Wish we had a conversation. There was no, we didn't have any thicker, deeper, more fundamental unity. Yeah. That was it. That was the water in the cup. Like I didn't. Mm -hmm. I thought we were united around something bigger that would have made that a little harder is all I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wish no, it'd I be a little that. harder to leave these friends, leave these pastors. Um, so that's my big point is like, and that was kind of long winded, but that's my big thing with what I think I've seen is myself included and you included as well. All of us as humans, we, we have myriad preferences and truly, I think in the church world, it is a weekly, it is a weekly sifting through of, is that a preference thing I'm frustrated about? Like, should I just let that go? Right. You know? Um, it, 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 that's normal Mm -hmm. and it takes hard work to go, is this a preference thing? You know, and I'm even, even as it does like in all relationships, I mean, even if you were to break it, so you do that in your marriage, you do that with your friendships, you do that at your school, you do everywhere. And so the church is no different, Yeah, but it's, there's a, there's a different energy, divine energy that, uh, is the central core of it all. And it's not our preferences. Uh, but it's the divine energy of the gospel. It's that mission, that vision. Yeah. That's what connects us to God. That's what connects us to each other. That's what connects us to mission. So I do think, like, even as you were talking, um, if a preference, let's say, let's go back to just for for the sake of talking, because I heard exactly what you're saying, but let's say we go back to 2067 or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and we're still wearing masks. Maybe you do have to question whether the the vision and the mission of the church yeah. hasn't become a preference That's a good point, or yeah. hasn't become a racial view yeah. or hasn't become a cultural ideology or hasn't become a musical preference. Um, I think yeah. you're, when we leave something, um, we need to know exactly what that is and um, if if we're not leaving for the gospel, but we're leaving for a preference, um, that should give us pause, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for all of us, for myself, uh, even as I talk to my kids when they're looking for churches now as they've grown up and moved on, um, what is it? Like, what is the C.S. Lewis? What, you two? I mean, what are we looking at? Yeah. And if it is, a, like, I'm just, you know, throwing things up here to see if it sticks. But for myself, is it, is it my preference of uh, a certain educational system, mm-hmm. right? And we could just keep going on and on and on, a musical preference, so on and so forth. I, I would hope uh, there'd be a, a longer leave mm-hmm. as opposed to a quick one. Mm-hmm. But you never know. That's a great, I mean, that's a really great point of, um, of, yeah, there could be a point where you go, again, I, I'm just stuck on this COVID thing because the, the bright lights are on and that's all my brain is doing. But um, e- even the other side of it, that maybe at the height of COVID when we were all scared and in the beginning when they were like, hey, millions are going to die. And I'm, I'm outside on my porch trying to figure out how if I can draft up a will online. No joke. Yeah. That's, that's what it was. If you yeah. remember the first week or two. I do. I'm sitting trying to draft a will online. Like, Can I do that? Can I figure out how to like divvy out what's you know because they're saying like we're uh, a lot more people are going to die mm-hmm. um 
just to I want to pick on both sides that yeah. that maybe in the height of it, if a church was like, we're meeting in person, no masks, yeah, you know, right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, yeah, like a million are gonna die, and and we're like, to hell with that, yeah, we're meeting, we're meeting on Sunday, and trust God to hold yeah. that virus back for you and your family. It would be like, well, that would be an yeah. instance, and, and and I think I think. You know, the same with when I, when, when we're two years in yeah, and, um, and when I hear of a church, a business organization, you know, required masking, even though, um, anyway, I can pick on both of those and say, Hey, what, this is weird. I mean, mm. I'm trying to draft a will online. They're saying millions are going to die and like Clorox your broccoli. You know what I mean? Like run it through Clorox because that would be better. It'd be better for you to, to drink. <laughs> Have you know, holes in your throat. Yeah. Then die. Then get this disease. Yeah. And you, you for both of those things, you go, hey, what? Is it Jesus at the center of this thing? Or did that just reveal, you know, that this organization is more built on and united around like being contrarian. Yeah. And like anti-government. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Or... Or the opposite. The point is, I, I just think that's yeah. a phenomenal point to go. There could be something there that you go, hey, what? But again, no matter what, it takes private conversation yeah. after private conversation after conversation, coffee yeah. after coffee, email after email to really go it's just help me understand. Burn, a slow burn. You yeah. know? Yeah. And that could end up in you going, hey, I think it'd be better for us to go both, both ways. I've got that story in my life. Yeah. And then I also could point to a lot of conversations that I bet if I didn't have them, it could have led me down some weird road of making up a world that doesn't exist. And then I make stupid decisions. But instead yeah. it's like, well, I'll just talk it out. Yeah. Yeah. You know? There's so many layers. As we're talking, dude, it's like there's so many layers to this. You know, yeah. Just it. it's so many layers. It's so complex. But the simple thing, the simple reality really is the one thing yeah and and it's learning and growing to building your life your fear your covid uh your cultural chaos around that one thing mm -hmm. jesus and his salvation mm -hmm. your unity your leadership your music your liturgy your relationships and friendships and parenting and uh and even how you handle money and how you handle created good things mm -hmm. uh it's it's always about jesus and his salvation mm -hmm. it's always about the person it's always about that one thing and and that means you can't disagree you can't disagree you can't debate wait we can't disagree and we can't debate something's wrong mm -hmm. wait you're gonna tell me what to believe in this area and i can't have another view something's yeah. wrong you're gonna you know what i mean yeah. it's that's where the gospel does in a more uh, wise and subversive way bear fruit that's hard to necessarily quantify right now in this discussion but it's so so important like okay am i being controlled by fear or am i being controlled you know is this mm -hmm. reasonable or is this to even wade through some of these more complex layers and levels mm -hmm. of covid and race 
and music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the complexity to sinners in relationship with one another, to boil it down very simply, when we talk about a church, especially, we're talking about sinners committing to relationships with one another. And I mean, that right there is like, oh boy, you know? I think you say, boy, howdy. Like, <laughs> the complexity, the the potential for mess and error and right. right. And we better be centered on Jesus and his salvation. You used to say it all the time here at Redeemer, we're a one trick pony. Yeah. I think that that's why going through and coming out of this stuff, genuinely behind closed doors, we, I know the leaders feel as united as ever, yeah. if not more yep. centered on the gospel as ever. Yep. Um, uh, Feel really, really good. Feel super healthy. Feel like we're clearer on who we are as a church and where we're going and where we're like why we're going there and what we're trying to do. Um and and even just the encouragement and feedback and excitement we hear from members or even first time visitors. Um you know, it's so it's I don't know, ironic, it's surprising, I guess. Yeah. Where a lot of churches are maybe suffering and hurting and you have pastors leaving and yeah. um we've we've taken our beatings. Yeah. For sure. Without a doubt. But it's like, okay, Jesus still died, he still is alive, he still rose, yeah, he's still in heaven. We're None still of that we're still a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that sense of you know, we are already dead and we're alive in somebody else. Mm-hmm. So we're okay. Yeah. We're absolutely okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like your letter said that, that I refused to be able to send out to the church, uh, your annual vision letter about like our letter from the pastor that said something like, perhaps we'll move past the two years of chaos we've just experienced, period. Or not, period. <laughs> yeah. Space, next line. Yeah. Either way, we'll be okay. Uh-huh. I was like, wow, that's invigorating. <laughs> that's what's crazy. That's so funny. Because, yeah, no, my wife, would, she'd be right there with you. But for me, I'm like, hell yeah. What, what you were saying is come hell or high water. Yeah. 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 What you did say, ended up saying was like, well, guys, this may not get any better. Yeah. Um, anyways, all right. That's 42 minutes. I knew this would be longer and that was okay. Um, and the true spiritual saints, congratulations on getting to the end of this podcast. Fantastic. Um, all right. Hopefully this is helpful, encouraging. Um, of course, always reach out to us on our church website, redeemerwaco.org, the podcast website, goodnewsnotgoodadvice.com. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you want to hear us discuss, riff on. Any questions that any of this raise, let us know. Um, uh, Until next time.